Hi, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Ann Eglash. I'm a clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health and a board-certified lactation consultant. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Karen Bodnar. I am a pediatric hospitalist at Anova Children's Hospital and an assistant professor of pediatrics at Virginia Commonwealth University. I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant. This podcast is produced and edited by The Milk Mob and is co-sponsored by the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Are you ready to go? Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm great. How have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, So I thought that we would start with you talking about marijuana. Not that you really know Uh, a lot about marijuana, but... (laughs) (laughs) Not from personal experience, (laughs) Um, but... The American Academy of Pediatrics has released a new statement, um, Marijuana Use During Pregnancy and Breastfeeding, Implications for Neonatal and Childhood Outcomes, with um, Cheryl A. Ryan, Seth Ammerman, uh, Mary O'Connor, and the rest of the Committee on Substance Use and Prevention, as well as the section on breastfeeding. And so um, there are new recommendations. This study cites a bunch of um, other studies in this area that I had not previously read, so it's really interesting. And um, also, I happened to notice that your clinical question of the week, September 4th, was on this, and so I thought perhaps it might be nice for our listeners to hear the question in case they hadn't um, visited and seen the question of the week so they could get their mind working and thinking about this topic. Yeah, I think that, um, like, as you, you know, perhaps we'll talk about that the AAP statement is not super surprising because there's so much we don't know. Uh, But there were a few things that were in the article that I incorporated into this question for people who are listening. Um, So the question is, what do you think are true statements about the use of marijuana during pregnancy and lactation? So choose one or more of these. A, pregnant women who have reported use of marijuana during pregnancy were more likely to report nausea during pregnancy. B, half the states in the United States that have legalized medical marijuana list pregnancy as a contraindication to dispensing medicinal marijuana. C, in many states, pregnant women who are found to have positive marijuana screens can be subject to child welfare investigations. And D, the active ingredient in marijuana, THC, has low transmission into breast milk because it is a very large molecule. So maybe we should talk about each of these separately rather than disclosing the answers right away, unless you want to. <laughs> talk no, about no, that? I think we should leave people in suspense. Oh, okay, um, okay, sounds good. I mean, I'm happy either way, but okay. yeah. Um, so um, I don't know about you, but um, I when I get new um, recommendations that come from the AAP or ABM or some other. Um, organization that I um, listen to, I flip to the back page and I read the recommendations first, and then I go and read all of the, you know, the, the denser stuff that's, that's in the study. And so I um, wanted to see straight away, like, what did the AAP say specifically about recommendations regarding marijuana use and breastfeeding? Because that is the question that I get most often. And um, I like, I agree with you. I think that the recommendations were not super surprising because there isn't a lot that's known. Um, and so 
I was hoping that there would be some sort of specific guidance that might help us in some of our hospital policies. And I don't know that um, I found anything that was going to help hospitals to do really very different things to sort of get closer together. And what I mean by that is I've worked at a hospital where when moms tested positive for marijuana at their delivery, there was nothing said about it. It was not, you know, recommended that they abstain from breastfeeding or even that they abstain from using marijuana. Um, I have worked at a place where they, you know, moms who voiced when they were asked that they had used marijuana um, or who tested positive were um, told that they could not breastfeed their babies in the hospital. And so there's a real diversity of practice. Yes. Um, And I think that that is not surprising considering that we haven't had really strong recommendations previously. Yeah. in this, there is not a specific recommendation about whether or not moms should be um, discouraged from breastfeeding um, in the hospital, but there is um, some other guidance that's helpful to know. And so there were 10 recommendations made. I'm going to go through those. And then we can delve back into a little bit of what are the studies that exist. And then, um, you know, what what are we going to do in our practice as a result of these things? So, um, you know, I think that the vast majority of this article was on the effects of marijuana on pregnancy and less on breastfeeding. And that's because the majority of the available evidence has to do with um, pregnancy. And so even though as a pediatrician, you know, I'm not as lucky as you are being a family doc, I don't always get to meet the parents while mom is pregnant and um, talk to them about that. Um, But some of these recommendations have to do with pregnancy. So um, the first one was women who are considering becoming pregnant or who are of reproductive age need to be informed about the lack of definitive research um, and being counseled about the current concerns regarding the potential adverse effects of THC, the um, psychotropic metabolite of the, the, there are many things in marijuana. This is a molecule which has most of the psychoactive effects. Um, its effects on women, uh, the fetus, the infant, and child development. Number two, more specifically, as part of routine anticipatory guidance on contraception counseling, which is something that pediatricians do frequently with adolescents and young women, they need to counsel patients that if they become pregnant, Marijuana should not be used during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Number three, women who are using marijuana or other cannabinoid-containing products to treat nausea and vomiting or another medical condition during pregnancy should be counseled about the lack of um, safety data and referred to their healthcare provider for alternative treatments that have a better um, pregnancy-specific safety profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, women of reproductive age who are pregnant or planning to become pregnant should be identified through universal screening um, using um, uh, screening for using marijuana, and they should be counseled um, as indicated and referred for treatment if necessary. Mm-hmm. Number five, although uh, marijuana is legal in some states, 
pregnant women who use marijuana can be subject to child welfare investigations if they have a positive marijuana screen result. And healthcare providers should emphasize the purpose of screening is to allow treatment of a woman's substance use and not to punish or prosecute her. Right. And that's so I guess a, we have answered the first of your sections of your question there. Yes, that was about, C. And that was true, that pregnant women who are found to have positive screens can be subject to child welfare investigations. Okay. So we're halfway through the recommendations. Hang with me. Present data are insufficient to assess the effects of exposure on infants of trying again. Present data are insufficient to assess the effects of exposure of infants to maternal marijuana use during breastfeeding. As a result, maternal marijuana use while breastfeeding is discouraged. Because of the potential risks of infant exposure to marijuana metabolites, uh, women should be informed of this risk during lactation and encouraged to abstain from using marijuana while breastfeeding. Number seven, pregnant or breastfeeding women should be cautioned about infant exposure to smoke from marijuana in the environment, given the emerging data on the effect of passive marijuana smoke. Number eight, marijuana, women who have become abstinent from previous marijuana use should be encouraged to remain abstinent while pregnant and breastfeeding. Number nine, further research regarding um, marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding is needed. And finally, number 10, pediatricians are urged to work with their state and local health departments if legalization of marijuana is being considered or has occurred in their state to help with constructive, non-punitive policy and education for families. Yes. Yes. So there's a lot of um, sort of counseling people about their risks and we don't fully understand them. There is encouraging moms to remain abstinent while pregnant and breastfeeding, but there's no specific language about um, preventing moms from breastfeeding or delaying initiation of breastfeeding, which some hospitals I know will say, oh, you know, you should wait until your urine drug screen for marijuana is negative before you breastfeed. I don't know if you've ever heard of policies like that. I haven't. I, ha I haven't. And it's so variable in terms of, um, you know, when that's going to be negative. Right. And so really that doesn't have a lot of correlation with when there would be metabolites in breast milk because, you know, sort of that pharmacokinetics, when people smoke marijuana, it is rapidly absorbed into lipid containing tissues like the nervous system and to fat deposits. Um, and then it can be released slowly over weeks. And as part of that process, it, the urine can continue to be positive without having really high serum levels or high um, breast milk levels. There's right. um, some newer studies that are starting to come out, not all of which um, I think have been published. And so they're not all referenced in here. But talk, you know, more directly, um, Dr. Um, Thomas Hale from Texas is doing some pharmacokinetic studies in Colorado because marijuana was legalized. So he could actually, you know, moms who were choosing to smoke marijuana, measure the levels in their breast milk, you know, within hours of um, them using. And it was really important data for us to have because there's just such 
a small amount of data on that sort of sort of thing. And that is um, a measurable amount in breast milk. But weeks later, while you could still have a urine that's positive, there isn't necessarily a measurable amount in breast milk. Right, right. And breast milk is fat. You know, we usually think about, you know, the the breast milk level of medications mirroring what's happening in the serum so that when it goes on the serum, it goes on, goes out in the breast milk. But then because it's high in fat, you know, can it stay in the fat stores of the breast? And does that actually transmit back into the glandular tissue? So there's those questions too. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's just, it's not well known at this point. And so I absolutely agree with this recommendation. When I have patients who, you know, have been using marijuana, I tell them I don't recommend using marijuana while you're pregnant. I don't recommend using marijuana while you're breastfeeding. I also don't recommend that your partner uses marijuana right. when you have a, a child in the house. It doesn't matter what the baby's eating, that smoke exposure is not good for the baby. Right. Yeah, we don't really talk about smoke exposure in terms of non-cigarette smoke exposure when we talk about sudden infant death and co-sleeping, for example, or being in the same bed. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely of concern. We don't really have the SIDS information um, mm-hmm. with um, being exposed to marijuana, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah and it's so... In- yeah, go ahead. It's so interesting because when I was reading the pregnancy, the different studies that were used in the pregnancy portion of this, I had assumed that a lot of the data, you know, there have been some really long-term studies following up neurological function Mm -hmm. of children whose mothers use marijuana during their pregnancies. And I, you know, because of the psychoactive properties of marijuana, assumed that the increase in you know, for example, depression in adults whose mothers use marijuana while they're pregnant. That totally makes sense to me. But I was completely unaware that um, there's a significant association between lower birth weight and um, marijuana. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there certainly is with tobacco smoke. And so that isn't um, that surprising to me that smoking other things would cause that to be the case. Right. But, it was, you know, independent whether or not people were smoking tobacco. There was an increase in um, low birth babies weight. with low birth weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other thing too is just unmasking why you know the underlying reasons why people are using marijuana. So, as a family doctor, um, I find that many of my patients use it for pain, and I th- and I thought it was really good that both. Um, well, in ACOG says the same thing. The American College of OBGYN says the same thing as the AAP, which is that, look, if they're using marijuana for some other um, diagnosis, let's find which medication would be safe during pregnancy and use that. So in addition to um, anxiety, I find that a lot of my patients use it for, um, well, I said chronic pain, anxiety, and insomnia is another one. So I don't really, like when we advise patients um, that they shouldn't be smoking marijuana during pregnancy, I think it has to be beyond the conversation of like, oh, look, if you're doing this recreationally, just stop. It's, you know, it's more than that. It's usually medicinal for people and people see it as a safe medicinal option um, because no, they, that's a really good point. Yeah. 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 And I think, and, you know, I have a lot of patients as probably any other family doctor has who, people who are on um, opioids for chronic pain and they see themselves as using less opioids if they're smoking marijuana because they feel that marijuana is safer and if they can have less opioids, it's better for them. 
and they don't really see marijuana as being as as addictive. So I think that, you know, people generally don't think of marijuana as being an unsafe thing to do long term, um, except understanding that it may cause lung disease, like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people eat it and vape it. And um, so eating seems to be um, a, you know, more and more common way of taking marijuana, particularly with the medicinal marijuana, you can buy gummies and caramels and all these different things. And again, people think of it as being safe, but needing to recognize that uh, we have no, you know, we don't have really strong data that this is really safe for babies. Well, and I think that that really is, it goes to the fact that there's been legalization, right? Mm -hmm. So if, you know, in the surveys that they have done of adolescents, um, there's been an increase in the perception that marijuana is safe as it's been legalized. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, there's good data that shows that it affects adolescent brains differently than it does adults and it does increase you know risks for future um you know um schizophrenia for example and so i think there are definitely risks but you're right they're not well known in the population and it's so interesting what you said about you know it's being used for something because in one of the things that they did in the study was they looked at like what is the percentage of young women, child age, you know, childbearing age women who are using marijuana, and what is the percentage of people that are using it in their pregnancies? And, you know, those numbers have been increasing, which isn't that surprising to me with more and more states um, having legalized, legalized mm-hmm. marijuana. Um, but I also, there's a, there's a statement in there that talks about Lots of people who are using it are the ones who are complaining of more severe nausea. And so you're right, people are using it as a medicinal for those things. But there's also an overlap with people who are just young who are using it, or whatever age, who are using it recreationally, mm-hmm. who, you know, don't necessarily need, it's, it's important to tease out. Do they need some other treatment to help with their anxiety, pain, nausea, or do they need to be counseled? You know, this isn't during this time of your life and it goes to this idea that states don't necessarily you know say there's a contraindication right. um, for pregnant people which I think you know, it's like putting a warning on the side of uh, cigarettes and um, alcohol products that right. says this isn't safe while breastfeeding we need to get the word out right right and yeah the none of the states actually that was one of the 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 questions on the clinical question of the week is um, that none of the states have listed pregnancy as a contraindication. And I think we do need to get them to do that because if they don't, then if, and it's, and it's approved by the state, that's sending a subliminal message or maybe a more obvious message that it's okay during pregnancy. Um, I wanted to bring up that Colorado being the first state to legalize marijuana has good information on their state site which is colorado.gov slash Pacific slash marijuana slash effects while pregnant or breastfeeding. And they actually have a strong statement that says you shouldn't use marijuana while you're pregnant, just like you shouldn't use alcohol or tobacco. And talk to your doctor if you're pregnant or breastfeeding and need help to stop marijuana. Um, and then it also, and talks, have, it also talks about- good patient handouts also, yeah. Yes, yes. And they mentioned that breathing marijuana smoke is bad for the baby. And um, and that they also do say that uh, marijuana use should mar- marijuana should not be used during uh, lactation as well, and so I think that that 
has helped some states that have just approved medicinal marijuana. Um, I know that some uh, WIC agencies and other medical groups have used their handouts um, for information for, for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we just need to get the word out. I, you know, I, I was going to say it would be so interesting to look at some of the policies that are around in the country regarding screening of, um, you know, like babies, meconium screening and mothers being screened when they hit the labor and delivery deck. Um, what, based on um, whether they're a red or blue or purple state and the policies that are in place for the state, um, or even for the hospitals, I think that would be fascinating. Um, mm. And whether or not they have medicinal marijuana laws, you know, just to kind of see what's going on um, in terms of how we treat families. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that there is real there are real challenges for us taking care of newborns in the hospital around um, trying to identify moms and connect them with services to help them to um, decrease their marijuana use because it is so stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, I, I worked in California for five years, you know, even after, after it was legalized, I still worked in this policy where if your urine drug stream was positive, they would tell you, don't breastfeed for three days. And that really is the time that's so critical for establishing yeah. breastfeeding. Yes. And so it's really hard to tell somebody don't breastfeed for three days and then go ahead. And it's extremely arbitrary. I mean, this is sort of, I think, uh, just a general frustration now that I've worked in the hospital for a lot of years. Of you know, There are often policies that don't necessarily have a strong basis in evidence. And so how do we figure out what is the best thing and get all the people who make the policy together on the same page um, right. to be able right. to do that. Yeah, and they're not, you know, you really um, take a chance of destroying breastfeeding if you say not to breastfeed in the hospital, right? Because that's the whole idea with baby friendly. You want to make sure that breastfeeding is established by the time they leave. And then colostrum is how much higher in protein than it is in fat. So the question is how much um, THC is actually in colostrum versus mature milk, which is higher in fat. And so maybe it's not. Which is why we need those pharmacokinetic studies. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that might be the wrong message. And that if they, if they start nursing, aha, they can start nursing and now they can stay off marijuana. And by the time their mature milk comes in, there's more fat in the milk. Perhaps, you know, at that point, their levels will be much lower and the baby won't be exposed as much. So yeah, we definitely have to look at that. Um, so yeah, there's a ton more research um, that is needed. And I would say that I um, my practice has not been to tell people who use marijuana occasionally um, that it is a contraindication to breastfeeding, um, but it's really hard because it is not always possible to get a really thorough history. And people, you know, their their lives are in flux. What they're going to be doing is changing, and so. You know, if it's not like um, you know, drinking alcohol where I can say, oh, your blood alcohol level is going to go up for you know, two, three hours and then it's going right. to come back down. Right. Um, and so if you have a mom who says, oh, I smoke marijuana once or twice a month, you know, I can't say, well, it's pain for two weeks and right. then, you know, exactly. go back. And 
Yeah. There is a good likelihood that if she chooses not to breastfeed, the baby will still be exposed to the smoke at some point. And there are all of those benefits of breastfeeding that we're giving up. And so I yeah. don't know what the right answer is. And it's right. Right. super frustrating. Yeah. Well, we tell people not to, yeah, we don't tell people to not drink um, and to not smoke. So it's really more like using heroin or using PCP or crack or cocaine. We're saying don't use those in breastfeed, but we're taking a much stronger party line on that, right? I mean, we're getting child services and child protective services involved if mom is using something like meth or heroin. Uh, but with marijuana, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily doing that after the baby's born. And we're not telling them that occasional use is okay, like we say with alcohol. And we're not saying yeah. bad, but it's okay, like we say with cigarettes. So marijuana kind of falls into this own category. Um, it's very different than anything else. Where don't yeah, use it, it's- but it's a soft don't use because, okay, if you use it once or twice a month, you're probably okay, but who knows really? So it's 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 it yeah. definitely is a funny it's a funny place to be. And I think, like you said, we just need more, more research and hopefully that'll come out over time. And we need to be able to explain that well to families to understand really what is the issue. Um, I try to explain to families that, you know, look, how, you know, if your kid is stoned, your kid is not, that open template of learning is just kind of not there. And um, so, we, you know, there, I tried to explain that they're their brains are kind of open and everything that they hear and see and do just kind of gets, it just fills up their brain with all kinds of connections, those phone wires and those phone wires in the brain just kind of are, the lines go dead when there's no, when there's marijuana involved. Um, So some of our patients probably don't know what phone wires are anymore. (laughs) That's true. Oh my gosh. That's true. The phone connected to the wall, just not there anymore. (laughs) Yeah. They're all going through the towers. I mean, yeah. this is it's so interesting to talk to you about it. And I am sure that um, our listeners have all had different experiences in the places that they work with different policies. I would love um, if people want to post comments um, yes. that have to do with, you know, what their, um, especially hospitals are recommending. Because um, to me, that's super interesting, the diversity of um, recommendations that are out there. And although I am grateful to all of the authors of this um, for all the hard work that they put in, I don't know that it's going to help us to sort that out yet. Right. But I agree. I think it would be great if people could post on our Facebook page um, what, um, you know, what's happening at their hospitals in terms of screening. I think we need more data on that as well. And um, yeah, so this is a good conversation about marijuana. Um, we'll probably bring okay. this back maybe in, oh, did you have more to say? I just wanted to sum up for those who might not have gotten all the answers oh, okay. from your question. Okay. That the correct answers were that pregnant women who have reported use of marijuana during pregnancy were more likely to report nausea during their pregnancy. And in many states, pregnant women found to have a positive marijuana screen um, can be subject to child welfare investigations. But none of the states ha- that have legalized marijuana um, with pregnancy as a contraindication. And um, the last one that was false is the active ingredient in marijuana THC has low transmission into breast milk um, because it's a large molecule 
and um, it is very um, lipophilic, and so that is not true. Right, it likes fat, and it's a kind of a smallish molecule, so it can get in pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you listening, um, check out the Milk Mob question of the week. Uh, If you're looking to see if there's anything new, any major statements that have come out, you'll probably find it in a question. And we also just started doing lacked facts. So if you don't have time to to read the question of the week, we are now starting our clinical questions with something called the lacked fact, L-A-C-T-F-A-C-T. And that will give you the gist of the question of the week in about two to three sentences with the reference if you need it. Yay. (laughs) Way to go. I like, I I see the lacked fact now. I didn't realize that that's uh, an awesome thing. Yeah. We're hoping to make that into an app so that people can um, Ah. have an an app that's called lacked fact app and they can just, you know, read them really quickly Um, because we know that physicians are hard to reach and we want physicians to have the facts and so this is the next endeavor for the Muck Mop to get into the earbuds of those physicians who need to know more about breastfeeding. You do so many awesome things. <laughs> All right, Karen. Well, take care. It's great talking to you. And uh, talk to you again soon for our next podcast. Sounds great. Bye. Bye. For questions regarding this podcast, contact us through themilkmob.org. We have other educational projects going on there, such as the Clinical Question of the Week and our Outpatient Breastfeeding Champion programs. If you want to see what we look like, check out our Facebook page, where you can also share comments and questions with your co-listeners. To learn more about the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, please visit www.bfmed.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you in a few weeks.